Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. It is me, Dave Wakeman. My guest today is Alex Chang, the Chief Marketing Officer of the San Francisco 49ers. And we are talking about a lot of cool stuff because it is the San Francisco 49ers 75th anniversary season. So I'm going to drop this today. It's what, April 26th. Uh, start launched last night. Uh, the 49ers have kicked off their year of celebrating the 75th anniversary of the team. And so this gave me an opportunity to chat with Alex about a bunch of really, really cool stuff. Um, not least of which is the 75th anniversary of the team, but really the opportunity is presented by the pandemic, um, reconnecting with their fans, uh, connecting the history of the organization with the future of the organization, which is something that I feel people should be doing a lot more of. Um, we talked about using stories. We talked about an initiative they call uh, Faithful to the Bay, which is really, really cool. And we talked a little bit about how they are able to build a comprehensive campaign around that, filled with call to actions, things that turn from digital into actual actions, how they built top line awareness and all the way down to action so that they said, oh, you know, it really is building a sales funnel. It was great. Um, you know, lessons that they've learned from the pandemic. We talked about uh, some of the digital and social media things they're doing. Um, we talked about why for the 49ers, geography is not as important as some other teams. Um, we talked about the balance between short and long-term trends. Uh, we talked about using data. Um, we talked about, uh, you know, some of the social justice initiatives that the 49ers have built into the, what they've been doing the last year. Um, we talked about um, a lot of really great stuff. Uh, it, you know, this was a lot of fun. We got to talk about one of my favorite things and something that I think after the Super League incident in the UK and uh, Europe is much more important, brand management, because the brand is pretty much all you really have. Uh, you know, and how a brand is really just all of the touch points you've, you've created over time, both good and bad, and how those good touch points, they build up, absolutely. But slowly, and some of the negative things that happen, they, they tear you down pretty, pretty quickly. Um, so this is a good one. But before I turn it over to me and Alex, I want to remind you to check out the Talking Tickets newsletter. You can get my new newsletter, or it's not even new anymore. Uh, we're on episode, or issue number 83, I believe it is this week. You can get it by going to talkingtickets.substack.com and signing up for free. It comes out every Friday, five stories uh, with analysis, action items, uh, all kinds of great stuff. There are readers, no joke, uh, in China, Japan, South Korea, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Africa, India, South America, North America, all over the world, all, all the continents except for Antarctica. And if they would just open an amphitheater in Antarctica, I'd get somebody to read that too. So check that out, talkingtickets.substack.com. Um, I've been working with the folks at Eventelect for the last couple of weeks to promote the Net Promoter Score. It's a really cool metric. It's a single metric. It's You can measure it. I measure it for the Talking Tickets newsletter probably about three times a year. And it tells you where your business is. It's one number between a minus 100 and 100. Uh, and Eventelect has a 77. 
Uh, the last Talking Tickets survey I did, I had a 64, which was up from 53, which was still great. But we put together a worksheet. And this worksheet explains the net promoter score to you. It gives you some context. It gives you some understanding of where uh, the 77 and at the time the 53 I had fit into the context of brands all around the world and tickets. Uh, and we give you the ability to put one together for your own. It's three questions. Is is really uh, you, people can do it in about two minutes. Um, you can get that by emailing me, Dave at DaveWakeman.com, and you can get the worksheet that I put together with the folks at Eventelect to help teach people about it, Net Promoter Score. Um, we both feel that it's a really great resource to help you number one understand how your customers view you. But then number two, to get some qualitative feedback, Um, you know, it's simple questions and then it helps you build relationships with people. It helps them tell you things that you might not even recognize about your business or discover new ways to add value. It's great. Um, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. I'm happy to send that email over to you with the worksheet. Make sure you check out my friends at Booking Protect, uh, www.BookingProtect.com, the global leaders in refund protection. Uh, chatting to Simon the other day, I found out that since tickets have gone back on sale, that the uptake in refund protection has almost doubled or in some crazy number. And what that signifies to me is that people want that peace of mind. Um, they want a little security. They want a sense of certainty when before they make purchases. And that's understandable after a year of lockdowns on and off, uh, waves of people being sick from the pandemic. Um, it's been crazy. So security seems to be the least of people's uh, desires right now. Uh, if I said that clumsily, I don't know. But check it out, bookingprotect.com. Talk to Kat, Kath, Simon, all the entire team over there. They're all great. Check them out. Also, talk to my friends at ActivityStream. They've just launched a brand new email tool, uh, tool that'll help you use your data, turn it into actionable insights, and really do a better job with your email marketing. Um, the data you're going to have from before times is going to be a little bit um, not as useful, maybe. Uh, and the challenge is going to be figuring out what you can use and what you can. What data comes through now is actually going to be meaningful going forward or how much of it is just temporary in its utility. So check them out, activitystream.com. All right, so back to me and Alex, right? So we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about surveys, which I was like pretty uh, excited because one of the things I've been talking about a lot lately is research. So we talked about surveying your audience. We talked about engagement and direct communications. We talked about how you use social media and digital media to build relationships and drive actions. Um, we, we talked about what the pandemic has taught organizations and it should have taught organizations. We got in a couple plugs for some of my ideas that I love from guys like Peter Drucker. We talked about old stories and new stories, um, challenges and opportunities, um, you know, how to keep your fans in love with you. Um, you know, the geographic nature I had a really cheesy uh, Miami Dolphins joke uh, that I didn't make. Um, I should make it now, but I won't because that would be embarrassing to me. Uh, we talked about platforms, social justice, behaviors. For segmentation, we talked about um, how the 49ers have used Levi Stadium as a, one of the largest um, 
COVID vaccination facilities in the world, um, brand management, like I was talking about before, which I thought was really great because, um, again, the way that the 49ers are working on pulling their Faithful to the Bay and 75th anniversary programs together, it really highlights the importance of brand and it really shows off when somebody does a good job of promoting their brand and managing their brand well. You know, so this one was a lot of fun. This was really cool. Um, I enjoyed talking to Alex. Hopefully he feels the same way. Um, So without anything else from me, here's my conversation with Alex Chang from the San Francisco 49ers on the Business of Fun. Alex Chang from the 49ers. Welcome to the Business of Fun podcast. Alex, how are you? I'm good, Dave. How are you? Man, I'm great. I'm great. It's, um, you know, the sun's out. It's nice in D.C. It was a little cold. You saw I had my hat on earlier because I'm in the basement and it's freezing in here. But other than that, it's pretty great. Um, But so thanks for so much for talking to me today. Um, You guys are working on some really cool stuff here that we wanted to talk about today. Um, and something I wasn't familiar with until um, you emailed me about this, which is a, it's the 75th anniversary of the San Francisco 49ers, and you're launching a brand new program to promote the 75th anniversary. You mind telling us a little bit about what you're working on right now? Yeah, absolutely. So the 49ers were founded in 1946. So as you said, 75 years ago, and we're actually the oldest professional sports team in the Bay Area. And so this is a pretty significant milestone, obviously, for us as an organization and in, you know, in the Bay Area and for our fans. And so to mark that anniversary, we have a season-long campaign, a campaign planned. And so for us, that starts um, this week um, with unveiling the 7th anniversary logo, um, something that we've been working on for the better part of a year and a half, believe it or not. Um, and then it'll continue with a lot of amazing digital and social content um, throughout this offseason. And then move into um, things tied to um, game day once we move into our 2021 season. Um, And so we're super excited about it. Our fans are extremely excited. Obviously, there's a lot of interest um, in football in the 49ers, but especially coming off of the pandemic, there's a lot of this pent-up demand um, about, you know, getting back to football and getting back together with friends and with fellow fans, getting back to games. And so, you know, taking all that energy and combining it with the significance of this milestone is something that's really exciting for me and for my team. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, too, because it seems like you lucked out here. The 75th anniversary starts now, and you're really at a point where in California, uh, people have been able to go to baseball games. Um, I don't know if I guess also like basketball a little bit, too. So so things are starting to open up. So this gives you like a really great opportunity to re-engage and reconnect with your audience, just like you were saying, um, you know, how, so how are like, you know, from your point of view and the me- things you're measuring, how are you seeing this kind of pent up demand for connection and getting together and football, you know, how's it showing up for you? Like what, you know, how, what does it look like and how has um, things changed since the pandemic? Like, you know, how have you adjusted some of these messaging and some of this plan around the 75th anniversary? Yeah, for sure. So a few things to unpack there. I think from my engagement standpoint, how we measure that, a few different ways. I think one is by direct communications with our fans and listening to feedback from them, surveying them, understanding kind of where they are from a um, sports standpoint, an interest standpoint, a uh, readiness to come back to games standpoint. Um, And then another way to measure it more broadly is through our social and digital engagement metrics. Um, Last year, as you can imagine, because we didn't have fans at our games, all of our marketing efforts and all of our engagement efforts really were focused in the social and digital space. And what we saw last year was 
tremendous uptick in engagement. And even though our team, um, we were riddled with a lot of injuries last year, eventually those injuries took their toll on the field and reflected in our record. Despite that, we grew um, above the league average um, in terms of engagement and reach online and in social. And so what that tells me is that we have an extremely engaged fan base. They are extremely loyal to our team. Um, and they're also very excited about what's to come. I think people understand the talent level on this team. They understand the leadership we have in place with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and Jed York and the um, and the sort of uh, level of excellence that we're trying to achieve as an organization. And so that's reflected in what we see in terms of fan engagement. As you said, as we start to lead into this upcoming season, um, it's through the charts. Uh, I saw, you know, we have nine draft picks uh, coming up in the upcoming draft, including the number three pick. And we're at a talent level where we typically aren't be, wouldn't be picking third. And so when you kind of put all that together, it's a recipe for success. And our fans recognize that. So let me ask you this then, uh, because it's the 75th anniversary. Um, you got to, I think you probably have a really good team this year. I mean, hopefully, right. You, like you said, you had a lot of entries. So you end up with a high draft pick that you wouldn't necessarily always have. Um, you know, so it's like a new, like, I don't want to say dawn of a new era. It makes it like a cliche for me. Um, and I try to avoid those, but um, you know, how are you going to use some of the old images and old stories, you know, kind of these iconic moments in 49ers histories to kind of catapult your fan base and the team onto like this new team, the team now and into the future, because I know a big part of what you're working on is like, you want to use the stories, you want to use the memories um, to generate passion, to, you know, kind of remind people what the 49ers mean and stand for, you know, uh, re you know, kind of connect the past and the present in a way that I, you know, I wish more people would do because it's really like one of the missed opportunities of sports because every team has these kind of stories. It's just that the 49ers are making the effort to, to use them. Yeah. We're blessed to have a really rich history. Um, you know, we have extremely, talented players who have walked these halls and put on this uniform. Um, and so the Santa anniversary is an, is an amazing opportunity to celebrate our past and to highlight those individuals, but we also want to use it as a springboard to the future and to excite fans about the future. Um, and again, it couldn't come at a more perfect time because of where we sit um, in terms of who's on our roster now and who's leading our team going forward. But I will tell you, as we started to develop assets for this campaign, one of the biggest challenges we faced was deciding on who to feature and what piece of creative. And eventually we'll get to everybody, but there are a lot of people to choose from. And it's a great problem to have. I can say that we understand we're super fortunate um, to have so many amazing players throughout our history um, that we have to make those trade-off decisions. And they're not fun to make. And we know that we have the luxury of an entire year to kind of show everyone the love they deserve. Um, but man, it's some tough decisions when you're sitting there saying, we've only got you know 60 seconds in this video and we can only fit so many clips in which ones do you pick which ones do you leave out that is a tough challenge when you're the 49ers well you're right you're because you're, you're like sitting there like this and you got joe montana he's like going you better not put me around steve young or <laughs> i better not go after steve young you know i mean and i'm joking but it, it is a nice problem to have and it, it's really great to you know tie these things the past and the present because I think, um, you know, and this is not something we I really want to touch on, but, you know, you saw that come out with the Super League stuff and the protests around that in the uh, UK this week. It's that how connected people are to their teams and to the communities. And that's like something that's really important as a part of the 75th anniversary, but it's an ongoing thing that you've been working on. It's called Faithful to the Bay. Is that right? Or am I screwing that up? No, um, you got it but, right. 
Okay. Yeah. And will you define that for us so everybody can understand? Because when I was doing research, this was um, this was something I was excited about. Yeah, for sure. Faithful to the Bay. Uh, it's a brand uh, mantra, brand campaign that we launched last season in 2020. And it's something that we're going to continue to to use going forward. So it's evergreen in that way. It has a few different meanings. And I would say that that meaning even got even more enhanced last year. And I'll explain why. Faithful to the Bay is about the feeling that our fans have for our team, and our organization. It's about the love that we send back to our community. It's about the loyalty that, and camaraderie that we have you know, for each other um, as 49ers. And the Bay itself, it doesn't just mean geographically the Bay Area. People are faithful to the Bay no matter where they're from. Right? When people rock that SF on their hat or on their jersey, it doesn't really matter where they're from, where they live. You see 49ers jerseys everywhere. right? Mm-hmm. And so being faithful to the Bay is about being inclusive of everyone, not just those living in the Bay Area. Last year, it took on a broader meaning because our role in the community became even broader, right? We're not just a football team, and we never have been just a football team. But last year, with the challenges of the pandemic, with challenges with social justice, with the highly charged political environment, with uh, wildfires that ravaged Northern California, these were all challenges that we face as a community and that us as an organization took an active role in and to me, that added yet another layer of what being faithful to the Bay is all about. It's not just about being a football team. It's about helping in all those other ways. Yeah. I, it, it, I like hearing that because, you know, sometimes I get um, a, little bit of, a little bit of crap uh, for, for this thing. But I've always bought into that Peter Drucker idea. And I don't know if, if you're familiar with this one. But he said something to the effect of a healthy business can't exist in a sick society and that if you are a member of a community, even if you are a business, you're still are responsible to your community. And, and so like this, this kind of stuff, people go, oh, you know, it's woke. I was like, forget you. This is like what it is. It's part about being a community because the people who work for you live in the community, you know, you make your money and your business exists because of the community. I mean, you know, this stuff, it, I mean, I don't want to sound cheesy, but it does, it, it does mean something to me. And when I see teams or an organization give back like this, I applaud it because I think you, you know, you know, you do, you have a responsibility to the community you exist in. Uh, and I know that from your point of view, this has been mostly digital due to the pandemic, but what are some of the call to actions? Like how, you, you talked about social justice, political uh, wildfires, the pandemic, you know, how did you activate your audience around this? You know, because if you don't get people to take action, you know, it, it, you probably miss some of the impact. So what, were there aspects of it that led to action? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I clearly said, by the way, in terms of the roles that organizations need to play in the community and the world at large. I think if you have the ability to make an impact on society, then it's your obligation to make an impact on society. So I just agree with you wholeheartedly there. Examples of how we did that last year, a lot of it was first using our platform. Was our platform meaning the megaphone that we have as the 49ers, right? Our social reach, the reach of our players, of our executives. Um, as an opportunity to first and foremost educate and drive awareness for people, right? Well, that's education awareness of the pandemic and early on what it means and what are the safety measures that people need to take to protect themselves in the community. As well as to social justice issues that are happening, what needs to be addressed, um, who are organizations that are helping in that space and how people can get involved with them. Um, as it relates to the you know, political climate, it's about getting people, uh, encouraging them to register to vote and make sure their voice is heard. Um, and then there was action involved in that, right? So whether that's our organization 
con uh, contributing to organizations that are working in these spaces or experts in these mm -hmm. spaces, or that's opening up our building. A great example, two things we've done recently. Um, in November, uh, we opened up Levi Stadium uh, to be a polling center for the general election, right? And uh, a little over a month and a half ago, we opened up Levi Stadium to be the largest vaccination site in the state of California. And just last week, we set a single day record for number of vaccinations um, in California. And so to me, those are really important things because it's leveraging both the megaphone that we have, but also the physical presence we have. We happen to have a huge stadium here. And right now, when you have things like voting or vaccinations, you need to be able to get people in large numbers through a large building. And so to me, that's a perfect marriage. And for us, those are no brainers, frankly, of things that we should do to play around our community. We don't have to do those things, but we absolutely want to do those things. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I think it's great, right? Because you, you know, you, you do something, which is you talked about your platform and you have this awareness, right? And because you're the 49ers or, you know, even in like a smaller case, like if I, I promote something, people pay attention to it because of where we sit in the, in, in the architecture. Then the thing is, is like you give them the information, you tell them, and then you, and then you get them to take action. And then you take, you make, you take responsibility and you show, this is not just me telling you what to do. Here's how I'm actually going to do it myself. And you show yourself showing up through opening up your venue for polling and COVID vaccinations, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's an awesome model. And, you know, frankly, it's one of the better things that came out of the last year was to see so many organizations do exactly what you're talking about. It, it's really great. And it's like a, um, a full funnel approach, if I can, you know, fall back on some marketing terms there for a second. Um, another thing I want to ask you on, because, because, you know, this is like the you know, the 75th anniversary, focusing on, you know, being faithful to the Bay. Um, it's a lot about, and, you know, the history of the 49ers is all about a lot, or it's not all about, it, well, actually it is. It's all about brand management. And I'm, you know, because brand is everything, marketing is everything. Um, you know, how do you make sure that the brand stays healthy, right? I mean, I, I get a feeling from our conversation so far that you you pay a lot of attention to um a lot of different touch points that the organization has throughout the community and around the world, even I would imagine, because the 49ers, I think I saw a 49ers hat when I was in Sydney in the before times, um, you know, so how do you track your brand to make sure that it stays healthy? Because it is, I would say one of the top 10 American uh, sports brands. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's when you come back at me and you go, it's number one, Dave, it's number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. So yeah, you know, you're correct. I think maintaining our brand, and the health of our brand is really important to me. I come from a brand marketing background um, and I've worked on, you know, premium brands like American Express and Microsoft and Verizon and others. And it's really important for us to recognize how important this brand is to so many people. I think that's the starting point is understand the significance that your brand plays in someone's life. Right. And when you understand that and, you know, in sports more than anything else, we play in a huge role in people's lives. There are lots of brands that people, um, are loyal to and that they buy products from, but their relationship with that brand is nothing compared to what it is for the favorite sports team. Mm -hmm. Right. And so once you understand the significance that you play in someone's life, you make sure you, you manage the brand in a way that pays, that honors that. And what I mean by that is making sure that you're both paying off the things that make them loyal to the brand and making sure you're reinforcing those things for the 49ers. It's about a commitment to excellence, about doing things the right way. Um, right now, it's about making sure that we're serving our community. And ultimately, it's about winning football games, right? And those are things that are really important to our fans and why they love our organization. And so we want to continue to, to reinforce those things. 
and going forward, it's about making sure that we're continuing to do the right thing, right mm -hmm. across the board. And as I say do the right thing, it is making sure that from a on-field perspective, um, we continue to have the best leaders in place, which I firmly believe that we do. From an off-the-field perspective, it's about making sure that we're addressing things that matter to our community, um, both related to sports and not related to sports. And I, 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 again, uh, lately in my uh, newsletter, I have been talking, telling people a lot about positioning and the, the importance of positioning. And I tell people that it's really about sticking two or three ideas in people's head. Um, so that every time they look at you and they see your brand, they think of these things. And then as you said it, I was like, oh, wedding, absolutely. And excellence was, you know, they, those two go hand in hand. But then through all of the stuff that you were talking about before, I see where community plays out. And I mean, that's like a really, really um, strong reinforcement of your position in the market. And it's like, you know, you can't pay enough attention to this stuff. It's like kind of like my thing. And, you know, back to the purpose thing, one of the, the, the highlights, the things I highlight more than anything to people. Uh, you know, in talks or when I'm working with people is like, look, most of the time brand purpose and like how this place you play, your, a brand plays in people's minds is little to non-existent, right? But if you're a sports team, you have this huge thing, you take up like this such significant amount of room in people's head. But the thing is, is like, you can't take it for granted and you have to make sure that the brand represents what you want it to. And it's like super, super important. So, you know, hearing stuff like this, it, 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 you know, it makes me geek out as a marketer a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you, man. I mean, if I can say that. Uh, yeah. Now, one more thing before I want to touch on before we get out of here is um, the role of data, right? Because now we're emerging from the pandemic uh, or we're not emerging just yet. We're trying to get there. Things are positive signs. Happy days are, are ahead of us. I can, I can feel it. Um, but one thing that as we reemerge, we had this huge conversation around data um, before and people had, were just overwhelmed with data, right? I don't think we could um, keep up with it, have so much data. Most of that data, at least in my opinion, I'm curious for yours, is maybe not as relevant or, or relevant at all now. And I know you have a huge data set that you work with at the 49ers as most businesses do now. Um, you know, how are you managing your relationship with data now, you know, coming out of the pandemic? What's relevant, what's not relevant? And like, what are some of the markers you're looking at to be able to understand the data you're getting now? Yeah, for sure. It's a great question. I think it's about short-term versus long-term perspective and the actions that those drive. What I mean by that is there's some data that you might get in now that is really short-term, both in terms of its relevancy, but also in terms of the actions it should drive. And in a lot of those cases, it probably shouldn't drive any action at all because it is so short-term and it might change, right? I'll give you a great example. Um, Right now, a lot of sports teams are trying to understand um, fans' readiness to come back to games, come back to a stadium, come back to a large mass gathering event. We can look at some of that data, both from our fans and from other sports, but the reality is that data that I'm getting on April 23rd is going to be very different than the data that I'll get in June and be different than we'll get in August and we'll get in September when our season actually starts. And so while it's good to look at and understand where things sit today, we also have to understand that it is very short-term in terms of the relevancy of that data because the situation that's driving it, in this case, it's vaccination rates. It's about you know infection rates in communities. It's about people's general um, comfort level and um, you know readiness to get back to pre-pandemic times is going to change, right? Beyond that, I think you start to look at longer term trends and things that have been happening over the course of the past several years that continue to happen, right? So as an example, you look at kind of fan sentiment towards teams taking a larger role 
and societal issues, right? That's, that's not new. That certainly took center stage in 2020, um, but something that's been happening for a very long time. And you'll start to understand how what that means to fans and how important it is to them for the teams that they love to take those types of positions. That to me is longer term data. What that tells me is, okay, yes, last year we saw a spike in this area because there's so many things that sports took on and, and um, rightfully so. But the reality is, is that trend has been something that's been happening for a very long time, not just in sports, because marketing, obviously, and purpose-based marketing has been in place for a very long time. And that's something that we should continue to do. So I think if you, as you start to look at data, it really is about having that perspective to know what's relevant now and what action should it drive, if any, and then what's really a more, more longer-term indicator. Yeah. And the way I put it to people is like, you always got, it's great that people say they're going to do something, but watch what they actually do. You know, behavior versus words over action. I mean, actions over words every time. And so some of the things, questions that, you know, we can ask people now as marketers, they're irrelevant because the thing is, is like, until you can take action on the the question I'm asking you, it's meaningless. It doesn't, you know, if I can't make, you know, if I can't ask you to give me your money, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> um, at least that's the way I um, did it, um, or at least the way I approach it. Um, Alex, where can p- people find you on the internet? Uh, they can find us in any of the social platforms at 49ers, uh, 49ers.com, 49ers app. Um, our digital and social teams do an amazing job maintaining those channels um, and using those as the way to keep our fans informed and engaged. Certainly, all the things that we're doing from the 75th anniversary standpoint will be on those channels. Um, as we start to get towards the season, information for our season ticket members and for um, those coming to our games, we found those channels as well. Um, right now, we're just extremely excited because we're preparing to launch the 7th anniversary. We're preparing to enter the 2021 draft. We have our schedule release happening on May 12th. Um, and then we're going to be right there into you know off-season activities, training camp, and the season uh, is right upon us. Um, so a lot going on, a lot of activity. I know I'm excited. I know our fans are excited. We can't wait to um, welcome the faithful back to Levi Stadium this season. Hopefully it's going to be fun because people actually be able to go to games and stuff. So, I mean, you know, I'm hoping for like a much more normal football season myself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this, Alex. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. What did you think about my conversation with Alex Chang from the San Francisco 49ers? Let me know by sending me an email. It is my name, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. Check out my website, DaveWakeman.com. I update the blog pretty much every day. Make sure you get the Talking Tickets newsletter. It is TalkingTickets.substack.com. Each Friday, five stories with some analysis, some action items. You're good to go. Uh, check out my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Like I said, start since the pandemic has been going on and tickets have started to go back on sale. Um, the uptake in refund protection has almost doubled. So people are looking for a peace of mind. They're looking for um, some certainty and some security around their tickets purchases. Give it to them. Check out BookingProtect.com. Connect with Simon, Cat, Kath, the whole team at Booking Protect. Make sure... If you haven't looked into Net Promoter Score yet, check out the worksheet I put together with my friends at Eventelect. Uh, I'm still jealous. Eventelect has a 77. It's an amazing score. Um, the, the scale is from minus 100 to a plus 100. 77 is unbelievable. It is up there, I believe, with Tesla and Starbucks uh, for customer satisfaction. Um, the Talking Tickets newsletter only gets a 64, which is low compared to Eventelect. So it's great. Um, 
I was talking to Patrick Ryan, uh, Lisa Walker, Kate Howard, the team at Eventelect, and we decided to put together a worksheet. And the worksheet explains what Net Promoter Score is, why it matters, how you can use it in your organization, puts the score into context for you, and then gives you the resources and the tools to be able to do one on your own. So send me an email. It's dave at davewakeman.com, and I will send you a copy of the worksheet. All right, dave at davewakeman.com and get the worksheet on Net Promoter Score that I did with Eventelect. Do it. Um, also check out my friends at Activity Stream. They have launched a brand new product that focuses on using your data to help you become a better email marketer. Um, the data that we have access to from the before times is going to be difficult to use, unfortunately. Um, buying patterns have changed. People are, are going to have different habits. People have moved. Like all kinds of crazy stuff has happened. What the Activity Stream platform will allow you to do, though, is to make sense of what data you have, either old and new, to make it more actionable, to make it more useful, and to make you a better email marketer, amongst other things. Uh, I'm going to probably have Martin on to talk about this in a few days. Um, and then there's a maybe something big coming up with me and my other buddy, Anar. So we'll keep that on the wraps for now, but that could be coming up as well. But check them out, activitystream.com. As always, I want to thank you for being here. I know the pandemic's been extremely difficult for everybody. Um, if you need somebody to talk to, I am here for you. So send me an email again, daviddavewakeman.com. Um, we'll set some time together. We'll talk. You know, I don't feel like you have to go through this alone. You can also email me and I can get you into the Slack channel that we have I've set up for talking tickets where it's like 200, 300 uh, people from all over the world uh, chatting stuff and, you know, talking tickets or just BSing. Um, for a while, we had some serious serious talk about like smoking meats and barbecues uh all kinds of crazy stuff goes on but it's a nice little community um you know so that like you have somebody you know to, to brainstorm with to bounce ideas off of to share back and forth on you know so check that out but as always like thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me um listen to my guests you know pay attention to what i'm doing Hopefully, that as the pandemic continues to reside and the news gets better, we're going to have some a lot more fun things to do and talk about. Um, but I'm grateful for everybody who listens. Um, you know, if you find something here interesting or useful, please share it with your colleagues and your friends. And you know, uh, and thank you again. Okay, so I'll talk to you again soon. Take take it easy. <laughs>